What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation Instant Reaction Podcast. And oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. The San Francisco 49ers get their third straight win. They beat the Minnesota Vikings 34 to 26. And man, we had a couple of easy weeks where we were kind of just sitting back and not, you know, worrying about too much with big leads. And then we had this week, which was an absolute just edge of your seat thriller. I mean, this game in the third quarter was just absolutely unbelievable. Points everywhere, huge injuries, which we'll get to. Uh, it was just an incredible game. The 49ers get the win 34-26. They are now six and five on the year. And oh, baby. I want to hear from you, by the way, before we get really rolling here, I want to remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. If you haven't done so already, please do subscribe to the Niners Nation YouTube page as well. You don't want to miss any of our great com uh, content. Excuse me. We're going to take as many of your comments as we can today. Levin Black should be joining me as soon as he puts his daughter to sleep. What a win for the 49ers. Lots of injuries, but... I just want to point out that this was a win that was the complete opposite win from how the 49ers have been doing it the past two weeks. The past two weeks, the Niners would come out, score early, get a big lead, usually a double-digit lead, and just run the hell out of the ball and grind out these wins, and that's how they were winning. This week was the complete opposite. The script was totally flipped. They turned the ball over on their first possession, and... They get down early because the Vikings went down and scored, but the 49ers didn't blink. I like that. Nope, we're going to move. Levin's going to join us, and he's going to come back in later. The 49ers didn't blink, and they responded. And that was a huge, huge thing in this game. The 49ers were able to take a punch, and they were able to come out and get the win. Uh, Joshua Delgado watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page. That start was super worrying. Yes, it absolutely was. Um, but it doesn't always work out like that. It doesn't always work out like that. Nonetheless, San Francisco gets the win. How about, oh, where's this comment right here? Sam Sala watching on the Niners Nation Facebook page. Elijah Mitchell is the future. Yeah, he absolutely is. He's been one of the most productive running backs in the entire league. Forget rookie, forget any other qualifier. 27 carries, 133 yards and a touchdown for him. And by the way, five catches for 35 yards. So he gets 32 touches playing with a pin in his finger. Levin, Elijah Mitchell, stud. Yeah, he's improved a lot. I think early in the season, there were a couple times where he just, he kind of missed where the, where the lane was. Uh, I don't see that anymore. Like he has become a very good running back to the point where there's no need to bring back Mostert. I think at one point this year, the running backs weren't very effective right after Mostert went down early in the year to the point that you had to wonder if Mostert needed to be brought back. And I don't think that's a question anymore. I completely agree with you. Elijah Mitchell is going to be cheap as hell because he was drafted so late. That's if you get production for not a lot of money, that's the winning combination that you want. Uh, Paul Levy watching on the Niners nation YouTube page. O-line is being acknowledged, but still underrated. I think they're, they're fine. They're, they're what they need to be. I wasn't, you know, too thrilled with some of the pass blocking on third downs, uh, but the offensive line is good. That's, you know, I don't want to rip the Niners offensive line, but they're fine. Um, they're, they're very inconsistent. They dominate some weeks and they're really bad some weeks. 
but they have been dominating more lately. Can I just say, Rob, Yeah. the best way on this holiday weekend to celebrate a win like this is some warm apple pie. Oh, is that what you were getting ready when I originally brought you in and you were like, wait, don't put me on camera yet? No, I tried the wireless things. And for some reason on these live ones, they don't work. So I had to go wired. Yeah. I mean, you know, when Levin shows up with app with pumpkin pie or apple pie or some sort of dessert, <laughs> you know, the 49ers did not just lose. So well, that's not go. necessarily true. I mean, I'm, I'm a chubby person these days, so uh, I will look for any excuse to have some pie or other dessert. Mark Harrison watching on the Niners Nation Facebook page. The game turned on the third down penalty against Minnesota at the end of the second quarter. It continued the drive, which we scored to tie at halftime. That whole sequence was absolutely critical for the 49ers. They go down. They just drive down the field and have an eight-minute drive. Beautiful drive by the 49ers. They go down. They stick it in the end zone. Then they get the ball back coming out of halftime drive down the field again, stick it in the end zone. And then the Vikings get the ball, throw a pick to Aziz Alshire, who, by the way, had an incredible game. And the 49ers score a touchdown on the first play after that interception. The Niners scored 21 straight points. At one point, the Vikings had 10 plays in 23 minutes and 30 seconds of game time. That's almost half a game. That is the 49ers keeping Minnesota off the field. And it's a huge reason they won today. I feel like this game offensively was like a microcosm of Jimmy Garoppolo's career. He was horrible for the first quarter and a half. Like just yes, he was flat garbage. And then he had those two amazing throws on that last minute touchdown drive to get points before the end of the first half. And then he came out and helped lead another touchdown drive to start the second half. And he played pretty well throughout the second half. You know, he didn't have to do a whole lot, especially in the fourth quarter, because the run game became so effective. But it just felt like it was, a, like I said, like a microcosm of Jimmy Garoppolo's career. Really, really bad moments, followed by really, really good moments. You know, I saw somebody on Twitter. I, I can't remember who it was, but uh, it was after that first touchdown drive uh, right before the end of the half. And uh, they said, right when you think you're about to pull Jimmy Garoppolo, he suddenly plays amazing. And that's pretty much what he's been his whole career. You're right when you're ready to bench him, suddenly he looks like he's Tom Brady. He has been, like, been on the edge of the cliff, and he's always turned around right before he walks off of it. I want to get to all other stuff, but I have to get this comment in from Dware5883. Stats, I have to say I agree with you. I hate fruit pies. I'm not a fan of cooked fruit. Best comment we've ever had on I, any I'm show I've ever say, done. I'm just going to say... D Ware, it's probably Demarcus Ware, and he's a cowboy, so who cares? <laughs> Cooked fruit, not really a fan in most instances. Um, there's a lot more to get to, and we're going to get to your comments, so please keep them coming. But I just want to point out, I'm keeping an eye right now on the postgame quotes because Debo got hurt yeah. in this game, and it looked bad. It looked like a groin injury. He went down pre-contact. He did not come back in this game. Fred Warner's hamstring was causing him problems. He was on the sideline, missed basically the end of the game. Uh, major, major. Those are probably the two most important players on offense and defense for the 49ers. So if I seem a little distracted today, that is why uh, the injuries, you know, it was something that we kind of were navigating, but these could be big problems. And the Niners have another big game against Seattle next week. Yeah, it's uh, a big, big problem. I would say, with the emergence of Ayuk, the Niners might be able to get by for a week or two without Debo. 
Uh, it, it won't be pretty, I don't think. They're going to have to be a little more traditional. Those runs by Debo have been what's kind of sprung the offense the last couple of weeks. But I think they could get by for a week or two um, against inferior talent coming up. I mean, Seattle's defense is one of the worst in the league. And I think they would have Atlanta after that. Um, but defensively, if Fred Warner's out for any length of time, the defense I don't think can overcome Fred Warner being out nearly as well as they can Debo. All right. Uh, I want to get to a couple other things here. First of all, as we sit right now, the 49ers are the sixth seed in the NFC. The sixth seed. They're not squeaking into the playoffs. Right now, they are the sixth seed, Levin, and everything broke their way today and on Thursday. The Rams, I believe, just lost to the Packers, 36-28. So there's only a game difference between those two teams. Uh, the Saints lost on Thanksgiving. The Eagles lost today to the Giants in an unbelievable break for the huh. 49ers. Yeah, Hurts was terrible in that game. It's all coming the 49ers way. It's absolutely unbelievable. And let's not just pencil in the Rams for being in second place in the NFC West because here come the Niners and we still get to play them one more time. You know, this uh, is amazing and proves what three weeks can do in the NFL. You get a three-week game winning streak, like it, it's a world of difference in the NFL. Winning three straight games, the the league really does, I think, better than any other sporting league out there have parity. And some years you get that parity to go to the extremes, and that's what's happening this year. There are so many teams within a game of 500, one way or the other. And that's for both conferences. Yep. Like it's just one of those years where there's so there's a lack of dominant teams and there's just this massive group of teams that have issues or have had issues at some point, And they're all just lumped together. And it's whoever puts it together uh, to finish the season. And luckily for the Niners, they're kind of on the side you'd want to be on. You know, there's the teams like the Saints who started really well. Winston got hurt and they don't have a good enough backup after that. And they've been losing. So their, their arrow is straight down. Whereas the Niners are the exact opposite. They had their heads up their butts for <laughs> a four or five week period. It's the only way to put it. It wasn't injuries. It was, they just weren't playing well. Now all of a sudden they're playing to their talent level and their arrow is going straight up. Unbelievable game by the 49ers. Uh, there's so many different things to talk about in this one. I almost don't know where to start. The thing that's most refreshing for me is the fact that they turned the ball over. They were in third and long situations in the first half. All the things we said the 49ers could not do and still win a game, they did in the first half, and they went into the locker room tied at 14 because, like we talked about with that final drive in the first half, that was huge, I think, just for, for the 49ers' morale, just for the momentum, especially knowing they were getting the ball in the third quarter. I feel like that was great. It was such a big lift for them to go into halftime tied, even though they made the mistakes we said they couldn't make and win the game. Yeah, I think this is an example of the value of deferring when you win the coin toss. The Niners deferred. That means they got the ball to start the second half. If that hadn't happened, if you know the Vikings won and deferred or the Niners decided to take the ball first, this game could have been different because it would have been 14-14 going into halftime, but then the Vikings get the ball and get the chance to answer the bell and take the lead. And I think if the Vikings got the ball there based on how well they were moving the ball most of the game, the Vikings probably take the lead and it changes this whole game. I think the Niners getting the ball there because they deferred 
was a big part of why this game ended up the way it did. And I was, I mean, blood pressure through the roof the entire game. I'm just screaming at the TV because I've been saying since the summer that Robbie Gold was going to be a problem for this team, that he wasn't good, that they shouldn't have paid him. And here we go. At the end of the game, the Niners get the ball after the goal line stand. They drive all the way down the field. They absolutely do their drive. They got the ball on the four-yard line. They go down the field, and here comes Robbie Gold trotting out fourth and two at the 24-yard line. It was like the only time, Levin, where I was actually saying, kick the field goal because it would have made it an 11-point game with basically less than two minutes to go, and the Vikings had no timeouts. I, Me, Mr. Anti-Field Goal Guy, Mr. Field Goals Are Failures, I was sitting there like, yes, kick the field goal. That's the play. And then Robbie Gold comes out and pulls a David Akers, and he doinks it off. Oh, oh my God. So, So you jinxed us. It's all your fault. What? You what jinxed do you mean us. It's my fault. You went against your norm. You said I want the field goal. It's That's, all uh, your fault, Rob. Yeah, you know. <laughs> all right, I could. I guess outside, I'll... like it's not just kicking in this game. Well, let's be honest here. The punting wasn't very good. The special teams for the kickoff, the kick return allowed, coverage unit, right? Like this special teams game was probably the worst special teams game the Niners have had in years mm-hmm. because every unit failed. Other than I guess you could say technically punt return and punt coverage but that's because there weren't very many of them in this game true um but yeah like Wisnowski had multiple punts they were great long punts that landed at like the two three yard line but all of them bounced into the end zone yeah sometimes punting is difficult you need some good bounces but into the day they were touchbacks and that's not good punting and then you have like I said the kickoff return and you had the missed field goal like it was a really bad special teams game you know for once i might actually care to read the quotes of the special teams coordinator (laughs) in the midweek press conference because he's there every week instead of the defensive coordinator i've told you personally you know privately i have no under understanding of why that is why the niners don't have their defensive coordinator do press conferences and instead have their special teams coordinator maybe this week i actually every once in a while no every every week. week they both do is it yeah they're just boring as hell uh this comment from jose leandro Britana. And again, I'm sorry because I'm sure I'm butchering that. Please forgive me watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page. Everything you talked about, Levin, like you're right. The special teams did have their worst game of the season. But as Jose points out, let's enjoy a close game that we closed out. Like the Niners still won. That's the mark that they are rounding into becoming a good team because they did make errors in this game. They weren't perfect. The game script didn't always go exactly the way it has to go for them to win, and they still won, and they beat a good Vikings team. Not a great team. There aren't really any great teams in the league this year. They beat a good Vikings team, and it was in a a game they absolutely had to have. So I know we're complaining about some things, but Jose's right. Like We can enjoy this one a little bit. Yeah, there were only two real negatives, I would say, in this game, and we just covered one of them. We'll get to the second one a little later. I do think we should talk about uh, the good things, and I think th- there's a couple of big things I would take out of this game. Al Shire should be starting over Greenlaw. Ooh. I don't care if Greenlaw gets healthy. He is a really, really good young linebacker that is continuing to improve. You know, he, he came in, he played really well uh, at the start of the season. Greenlaw goes down, he gets a real opportunity to to play, and I think he's getting better and better. He's getting to the point that I think he should, in the future, get some Pro Bowl consideration. I think this year with only starting partial years, he's never going to get it. 
but he's playing at a Pro Bowl level, in my opinion. He still has some issues tackling in the open field. Yep. But he makes up for that. Like he is making a lot of big plays. He is flashing both in the run game and the passing game. Uh, I think that is one of the big takeaways from this game for me is that no way in heck should he not be starting. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Fumble recovery, the pick. I don't know what the hell Cousins was thinking on that pick. Like he threw it right <laughs> to him and he never moved. Um, yeah, just an absolutely fantastic showing by Al Shire. Uh, again, man, I, the names, I'm so bad. Wano, again, my bad, dude. I'm really, really sorry if I mispronounce your name. Wano Matthews watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page and the defense didn't have Fred down the stretch. That's true. That's a huge point. Like the the defense had to make a stop at the end of the game on fourth down and they did. And Fred Warner was on the sideline. Great point by him. Credit to them. You know, it wasn't great. They weren't perfect, but a lot of times Kirk Cousins has stuck that ball in the end zone this season. In fact, most of the time he didn't do that against the 49ers. And that's a credit to the Niners defense. And they should be praised for that Uh, on the YouTube page right now. We're asking you who impressed you the most. A lot of love for Elijah Mitchell, as you might expect. Um, Debo Samuel, obviously, we'll wait and see on the injury. But he was on the sidelines, Levin. And he was kind of like smiling and talking to people, which I was like, you know, if it was a major injury, would he be that? Like, at one point, he was squirting Gatorade into Elijah Mitchell's mouth, and he squirted it down his back. Like, you know, I I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Obviously, we probably won't know until Monday when they have the MRI. I would say if it was a fully pulled groin I have had that injury. He wouldn't have been walking on the sideline. Like I literally couldn't right. walk for two weeks when I full, like I had a full tear of my groin. I couldn't even walk. Can I um, just say, so hold, hold if on it is a second. groin injury, then I think that's a good sign. Every time a guy gets hurt on the 49ers, Levin's like, Oh, I had this injury, a torn ACL. Oh, I had that injury. Dislocated nah, I shoulder. That I had, a, I feel like every time a guy gets hurt, you're like, I had it. It's really bad. Like what's well, going said on that about two things. What is your life? What ankles, are you doing when you're not ankle sprain? I've had ankle sprains. I've had hamstring injuries and I've had groin injuries. Guess what sport I played? Soccer. soccer. Guess what? Soccer is extremely brutal on your hamstrings, your groins and your ankles. Cause what are you doing all the time? You're coming from a dead sprint to a dead stop. So you can kick the ball. Eddie Vega watching on the Niners nation Facebook page. Brandon, I, you can press me today. His blocking was great. Juwan Jennings also showed up. That's true. First of all, Ayuk, 91 yards on three catches. The dude is so explosive. And Juwan Jennings, two catches for 24 yards and a touchdown. Should have had another. Well, I shouldn't say should have. Almost had another touchdown. His knee was just right. just down, like barely out of bounds uh, on a potential touchdown catch. He has clearly impressed the 49ers, Levin, and Kyle Shanahan's giving him more opportunities to make a play. Yeah, I think he's taken over as that third wide receiver in the absence of Sanu. Uh, he's taken that, but I also got to give uh, Sherfield credit. He had one tough catch on that third down. I think it was the second to last drive, I want to say, but it was in traffic. And I thought, man, this is going to get knocked out because he was going to get lit up, but he held on to it and converted. I think the Niners wide receiver core as a group has really stepped up during the winning streak because you have the emergence of Ayuk and you have the emergence of Jennings and you still have other guys uh, contributing. I mean, this is a game that George Kittle did nothing on. In, in terms of catching passes. There was no George Kittle doing anything. I think he had one catch, and yet the Niners put up points. So that shows what this team is capable of. 
some of the press conferences are going on right now. Kyle Shanahan said that both Debo Samuel and Fred Warner are going to have MRIs tomorrow on Monday, which obviously that makes sense. Kyle Shanahan said Elijah Mitchell was a stud, uh, especially with how physical he was. Shanahan said he played catch before the game with Elijah Mitchell to test his surgically repaired finger, but the decision to play him came in the days leading up to this. And like we said, Elijah Mitchell, 32 touches on the day with a pin in his finger. What a badass. Here's more Shanahan on Debo. He said, Debo is disappointed. We have no idea what it's going to be like. I don't think it's as bad as you worry. We think it's a low strain. He felt it. Forget about that last part. We don't think it's going to be bad. The 49ers do this constantly where they say we don't think it's going to be bad. And then the guy has a setback and the guy's out for the year. We know nothing about Debo Samuel's injury. Put it this way. I I don't care what they say later this week either because there's plenty of times where they come in and they go, oh, it's just a low grade. And then a a week goes by and they set a timetable of one to two weeks, two weeks goes by and you're like, all right, Debo's back. Oh, no, he's going to be out another week. Oh, okay, so now it's three weeks. Three weeks goes by, and you're like, okay, he's definitely back now because he's a week late. Oh, no, we're going to put him on IR now. What? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Here's more Kyle Shanahan on Jimmy Garoppolo. He said the interception was, quote, inexcusable. Then he commended how he rallied and late throws to Juice and Sherfield. Jimmy played good enough for us to win. That is not a glowing you know, summation there by Kyle Shanahan, but I agree with it. Uh, he did make a couple of good plays that throw to, to Sherfield that you're talking about. Like I literally screamed out loud as he's dropping back, throw the ball. And he did thank God. And he caught it. Did you say it just like that? Yes, I did. My son was here. So when I, when I have to pull back and not swear, the voice goes crazy. It takes everything in me not to (laughs) swear. So the, you know, I don't have this, beautiful broadcast voice all the time you know you gotta you gotta save it for when the red light's on speaking of kids my one-year-old decided to get one of those stupid popper things that you pull behind which my parents brought when they were here a month ago okay she decided the fourth quarter was the good good time to grab that for the first time in in two weeks i was like you gotta be kidding me get out of here with this and then the worst part is she kept coming up to me holding it wanting me to have the popper and chase her around the house like i don't think so and my, let's just say my wife got quite a few steps in during the fourth quarter <laughs> it was my wife's job <laughs> yeah that's uh i'm grateful for everything my wife does because this is uh first of all just dealing with me my mood after the game but second of all there's a lot of child care that goes on as we uh as we do this peter burge watching on the niners nation youtube page does anyone else get butterflies when jimmy's about to throw yes peter every single time I still don't think good things are about to happen when he drops back to pass. And I, I want to, I wouldn't say butterflies because butterflies are normally like associated when you get butterflies, it's like a warm, fuzzy butterflying feeling when you have a crush on somebody. It's more like my stomach goes into knots where I'm like, uh, until I see it's a reception. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to a friend of mine, Adam Narducci, who tweeted this to me. And I'm ashamed that I didn't think of it myself. He said, it's amazing to me that Kyle Shanahan came to the conclusion. We can't get the ball in our best players hands enough. And he solved that problem with play calls instead of a quarterback that can get the hands in the ball of your best players. And you know what? He's kind of right. Cause that's the reason Debo Samuel's getting so many carries at running back. That's the reason they do all the crazy stuff that they do, uh, but it's working and you can't deny that it's working. The Niners have won three straight games. They've scored 30 points in three straight games. They're like we said, six and five. Now the sixth seed in the playoffs. So everything is working. Yeah. I'll, I'll just do everybody a favor here. I'm guessing you're probably going to get some comments. Jimmy played well enough. I understand that point of view that you just brought. I don't disagree. 
but there's plenty of time to talk Trey Lance because I'm sure we will throughout the week. Let's just talk about the game. We don't need to talk about how Trey Lance should be started. Well, I didn't say that. I just uh, you said it without saying it. Well, I mean, I've said it a million <laughs> times. Um, just it. Well, okay. First of all, it's pretty sad that Kyle Juszczyk had two catches for 37 yards and George Kittle had one catch for 13 yards, but. You know, if Debo's out for any extended period of time, Levin, Kittle's got to be the guy to step up. Yeah, Kittle, he he really hasn't been a massive part of the passing game in two years now. He really hasn't. Since the emergence of the wide receivers, Kittle has become a secondary part of that. Basically, since the leakouts have stopped being effective, Kittle has become a secondary part of the passing game. It's not to say that he's been bad. I think he's just the teams are concentrating on Kittle because they know if Kittle gets going, everything else is going to open up. <laughs> and so they concentrate on taking away Kittle. So that's not, not a knock on Kittle. I think it's game planning by defenses, but this game, I think it was more game planning by the Niners because he was held in the block and he had to be on a lot of plays. He was needed as an extra blocker. Shanahan was asked, what about Jimmy Garoppolo's interception made it inexcusable? He said, I wanted to use a bigger word there. I'm a little amped up. He knows it was. It wasn't a good play call. Take the sack or a check down. Just think about Kyle Shanahan. Like, there have been times where we have seen Kyle Shanahan this year where he looks like, like his dog just died and like the world is ending. And now here they are, three games after that, six and five, six seed in the playoffs, with some winnable games, I'm not saying like easy wins because the 49ers have not proven they're good enough to have any, you know, easy wins ahead of time, especially against Russell Wilson. But man, it is bad. By the way, Carlo is asking Carlo Garibay on the Niners Nation YouTube page, how bad was Trey Sermon's injury? All those guys are going to have MRIs. Shanahan said his look was a little worse than maybe some of the other ones. Uh, Sermon had an ankle, I believe. And I know this is terrible, Levin, and I, I didn't say it. I out know loud. what you're going to say. Because I was just thinking it. That's the one spot the 49ers can afford an injury because Elijah Mitchell there, Jeff Wilson's there. Like, He's a third string running back. And they it, don't it, use it's it. It's bad to say it, but it's a third string running back that's almost never used. It's not that big of a deal if he's out. You don't like to say that. These people are humans. I get that, but that's the truth of the matter. And can we get to this, by the way, because obviously the 49ers had that amazing fourth down or stand at the red zone at the end of the game. It's fourth down. And Kirk Cousins lines up under the guard. He lines up under well, the guard, Levin. To be fair, he was having to get Justin Jefferson to come back on the field because Justin Jefferson was going to the freaking sideline, it looked like. <laughs> and he was yelling at Jefferson, what are you doing? Get lined up. And then he was having to sprint over, try to get a look at the defense before snapping the ball. And that's what happened is he was trying to look at the defense to figure out, are my guys even lined up right? And then what am I going to get from the defense so I know to where to go with the ball? And he was under the right guard because he literally never got to look down to see whose butt he was behind. Dude, don't give me the rational take. This is our opportunity as Niner fans to bash I'm Kirk just Cousins. saying it wasn't on Kirk. It was on the receivers because <laughs> you literally have your best wide receiver going off the field on the biggest of all plays in the game. Like, to me, that that's just really, really bad by Justin Jefferson. I'm it's crazy to say in a game where they gave up 26 points, but like the defense came up huge today in certain spots in, in certain spots, they shut it down when they needed to uh, Batman 29 watching on the Niners nation YouTube page says still think that was pass interference on K1 Williams on that last third down. It yeah, was. I think it was too, but you know what? 
plenty of those calls have gone against the 49ers at That's certain points. Literally, this year. my thoughts when it happened was finally the Niners catch a break on that. Yeah. Sometimes you get a break and it's okay if they go the 49ers way. Like that's allowed. And I agreed that I think it was. And you could argue that it was pass interference on the fourth down play at the end of the game that sealed it. But you know what? I don't care. Nick Bosa's getting held every single damn play. Okay. Sometimes they can go in our favor. I'm fine with it. All right. Are we deep enough in the show to talk about the other big negative? Sure. Get that Josh Norman off this team. (laughs) I'm avoiding saying F words here. Get him off the dang team. I'm I'm done. Period. It, it makes no sense in my mind why he is playing and on this team. Because what what are the positives? Okay, if you're going to play really really bad, then you got to have the chance of improving in the future. Norman doesn't have it. He's an old vet who's only going to be in decline. So if you're going to get bad play, you might as well play somebody like Lenore and see if he can improve. Okay, well then he brings vet savvy, right? Uh, no, because he has penalties galore, doesn't take any responsibility for him, <laughs> gets a uh, personal foul for arguing with the opposing coach, and then wants to shove his teammates when they try to cool him down after. You're not getting the leadership from him that a veteran should be giving. And, oh, by the way, you're getting penalties left and right. And then in this game, I went off on Twitter when it happened and used the F word on Twitter that I'll avoid using here. But when he got that uh, defensive pass interference where Jefferson still caught it and then got up the field with it, I got a real big problem with that because what he did was he started jogging after Jefferson. He literally allows a catch, and (laughs) Jefferson is running up the field a couple yards in front of him, and Tart, I think it was Tart, it was either Tart or Ward, was the only one there for Jefferson to need to get by. Luckily, Jefferson just decided to go out of bounds. But if Jefferson had tried to like spin back to the inside – that was a possibility because that safety was crashing down hard. Safety would not have been able to make the turn. Norman would have been the only one in trail that would have been capable of getting to him and taking him down, except for Norman was literally jogging. He was half butting it, trying not to cuss because I know we're live. But he literally is a veteran who quit. He did not even sprint after the guy he just allowed a catch and a guy that he had just fouled. So he's got like every single possible negative. He's not giving 100%. He's getting into it with teammates. He's getting into it with opponents for personal fouls. He's having defensive pass interference constantly. He brings nothing to the table. Uh, not nothing, Levin, as Chris Maldonado oh, points out. Josh Norman, I'm on the fence with him, but I don't trust him in coverage. But I enjoy those forced fumbles. Well, Levin speaks, people listen, got to roll with the truth. Too many compliments for Levin. <laughs> but the Kyle Shanahan basically said it. After the Arizona game, when Norman gets the penalty, he strips the ball out of people. And he had another one in this game that the 49ers didn't recover. To me, that's not good enough. You can't count on a forced fumble from him every single game, but you can count on a blown coverage or a penalty or a, another negative play that leads to explosive Let, plays put it this way. from Josh Norman. A hundred plus yards of receiving or penalties is not worth one forced fumble that you may or may not recover every game. Yeah, that's what it is. The re- the reality is Norman is giving up a hundred yards or more when you count in defensive pass interference yards and receiving yards allowed against him every single game, and he gets one forced fumble a game. That's not an equal trade off. It is worse to give up all those yards and first downs than it is to have one forced fumble that may or may not get recovered by your team. This is the Niners Nation Gold Standard Podcast recapping the 49ers' big win over the Minnesota Vikings, thirty four to twenty six. 
So three straight wins, Levin. Like, how confident are you in this team going forward? Like you said, you mentioned the schedule, so I will read it. Next week in Seattle, that'll be a fun game. That was the game that was supposed to be on Sunday Night Football. Got flexed out of Sunday Night Football, so that'll be 425 p.m. Eastern time. Then they're in Cincinnati. Then it's Atlanta. And then it's at Tennessee on Thursday Night Football. 49ers have an opportunity here. They're starting to build on something. We talked about it after the Rams game, how you can't just win one game. you got to stack victories. They've started to do it. How confident are you going forward? I'll put it this way. I predicted a 12-win season prior to the year. I'm about 85% confident that the team right now is playing at that level that I predicted. I, I, I leave a little bit there of 15% because we have seen them be wildly inconsistent. So I still have a little bit in the back of my mind going, eh, that team might show back up. Something could happen to cause that team to show back up. But I'm pretty confident that this team is playing like a team that would get a buy in the playoffs. You know, they're playing at a really high level. Now they won't get that buy in the playoffs because of what happened earlier in the season, but they are a team that's capable of winning every single one of the games you just listed. Are they going to do it? No, probably not, because it's just the NFL. You know, you, that would what make a seven-game win streak? Probably not going to yeah. happen. <laughs> but they can certainly and definitely should go three and one. They need to go three and one. If they go three and one, then they're in the playoffs. Like playoffs will be almost a certainty if they can go three and one in the next four games, which is a world of difference from where we were. Because just two weeks ago, I was saying they needed to win five games in a row to have a shot well they're well on their way they've won three if they can win three out in the next four that's a six and one streak that's the plus five games that i was talking about that they needed jerry habib watching on the niners nation facebook page niners could win three out of four of those games i totally agree uh chris maldonado again says we got to win in seattle that will be a major boost uh, it'll be good for the 49ers psyche i guess but like the yeah. seahawks they're just not a good team they're really not like something stinks in Seattle. Russ has got one foot out the door. You need wins. That's what you stinks. Need, right, yeah. You need wins because you need wins against everybody. But like Pete Carroll is leaving press conferences in the middle of the press conference and then coming mm -hmm. back out later. Like there's it, it's just off the rails. In it Seattle. is. It's clear to me. What stinks in Seattle is you have a quarterback and a coach that are at war. Yeah. It and doesn't the locker seem... room is split. Well, okay. Then let's talk about that. That's a good segue here because Look, you know, I don't want to pat ourselves on the back here, but I think it's fair to say that we saved the season with our interview with Kyle Juszczyk. I mean, <laughs> we told him the Niners needed leadership. They needed grab you by the face mask type of leaders before the next game. They have a players only meeting and then they come out and they can't be beat. And, and the urgency that the team has showed in these last three games has been incredible and it shows that, you know, when I was a little worried about the locker room in Kyle Shanahan, clearly they have rallied and they have responded and the locker room seems all good now. Let's just say there are not very many locker rooms and may not have ever been one. They could have three out of four seasons losing and start that fifth year, three and five, and getting totally embarrassed in the last couple of games, like that is the type of team that breaks apart, breaks apart at the seams. You get a lot of fighting. You get a lot of players playing for themselves, not for the team. And the Niners were able to rally 
despite that. Like it, it's very hard to come off the season that they had last year. You know, the the Super Bowl hangover, all the injuries, all the losing, and then start the way they started this season and not fall apart. So, I mean, you, you got to give kudos where it is. True. And it's also very difficult to have the quarterback situation that the 49ers have and not have a split locker room, not have a veteran. And this is where I give Jimmy the most credit of anything. It's very easy for Jimmy to have caused problems with the situation that he's in. And he hasn't. He's on the opposite of that. I think Jimmy, in terms of his approach to this quarterback controversy, the approach to them taking a quarterback number three overall has been as good as you could ever hope uh, for a quarterback. Get that's over what it. the money's for, dude. Don't be an asshole. Man. Sorry, you don't get credit for that in my book. I'm sorry. People are human. It is very possible that he could have said, you know, screw it. I want out of here. Yeah, and he he'd be a caused jerk. Problems. He'd be a jerk if he did that. Like, he didn't, I mean, if he played better, he wouldn't be in this situation. So he's got nobody to blame but himself. Hey, I, hey, Rob, I disagree let, let me, with that. Let me ask you this. You're on air, finally. You have been a producer behind the scenes your whole career. You finally get to do the talking. What would your reaction be if SB Nation came in and said, hey, Rob, you're just going to produce this network. We don't want you talking anymore. No more podcasts for you. No more live reactions for you. You just go away and sit and produce all the episodes. You're getting paid by them. That's your job. Would you be okay with it? Or would you go, I might want to look somewhere else where I get to keep talking. If they did that to me on my second day on the job when they hired me to be a host, yeah, I'd be pretty pissed. But if they did it to me after I had three or four years where I wasn't showing up for shows because I was sick or when I was on the air, I was stuttering and terrible and making inappropriate comments, then no, I wouldn't be that mad. Like, again, this is just Jimmy did it to himself here. But let's let's you know, I don't want to get stuck in that Jimmy Lance conversation. I want to stick to this game because this is the instant reaction podcast. Uh, once again, Levin, Niners hold the ball for 37 minutes and seven seconds. I keep saying that this is not sustainable going forward, but they keep doing it. It's amazing. You run the ball <laughs> and the Niners win. <laughs> Imagine that. It's almost like the recipe that everybody's been saying for four years now <laughs> works. <laughs> like what happened in that first half? Let's talk about what happened in the first quarter. What were the Niners doing to start this game? Oh, sorry. They were Levin. trying to pass to win. They recommitted to the run game and oh, they had an eight minute drive and then they had a great second half offensively. It's almost like when they run the ball, everything else falls in line. How about this comment from Mike Zimmer after the game? Quote, these guys hold all the time. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. <laughs> it ain't a hold if they don't call it. Like, what do you like? There's holding on every play. Do the 49ers probably hold a little? Yeah. Guess what? When the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, they committed pass interference on pretty much every play. Like you got beat, man. You got beat. This you isn't a... the this isn't the Legion of Boom. You know, this isn't Browner sitting out there manhandling everybody all play long. This isn't Sherman manhandling somebody. Like that's what that Seattle team used to do. They literally would foul you every single play and dare the refs to call it and take over the game. Like, that's not what the Niners are doing. Like, do, do they play physical? Yeah. Does Norman's only chance and heck of being effective holding the receiver? Yeah. That's why he gets so many defensive pass interference plays because when he gets juked at the line of scrimmage, all he can do is hold them at that point. And we've seen that multiple times, but Norman's not the entire team. Sorry. I just saw this comment. 
This is coming from James on the Niners Nation YouTube page. Ah, man, this is the first time seeing Levin. I thought he was like 60 or something. Yeah, he kind of is at heart. So I'm old and you're fat. Yeah, somebody said I had a fat voice in the comments. I don't know what that means, but I know that you enjoy it every time I say it. Josh Delgado watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page. Mike Zimmer is a crybaby saying the 49ers hold every play. I mean, Nick Bosa certainly knows about holding. So, you know, I just think that's sour grapes, man. That is sour grapes from Mike Zimmer. You got beat. You had the ball, you know, what, five-yard line, whatever it was. At the end of the game, you needed a touchdown. You didn't get it. Like, I wouldn't have heard him complaining about the holding calls if they had stuck it in the end zone there. So, sorry, dude. I don't want to hear that complaining from you. That's weak sauce by Mike Zimmer. To me, that's a guy that's worried about his job and tough. That's all I could say, man. You lost. Yeah, like, that. that's just... It's not a good thing to be, in my opinion, for a coach to come in and blame the refs. It doesn't matter. Like, it, there's only a few games in history that I would say that's worthwhile for your team to come in and blame the refs. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't serve a purpose for you, for your team. Right. Your team's not going to respond. Yeah, see, the refs screwed us. Now we're going to go out and win next week. You know, that's not the response <laughs> that they have. You know, it, it's just never a good idea for a coach to come in. There are extreme circumstances where the refs are so terrible or they make one really, really, really bad call that swings the entire game that a coach should be calling them out. That's not one of the cases. Uh, I just want to point out in this one, another reassuring thing that I liked. We came into this game, Akash was screaming to the mountaintops that the 49ers were going to be able to run the ball in this game. And they rack up 208 yards on 39 attempts, highest rushing total of the season for the 49ers. And again, like we keep saying they're not going to be able to do this. I mean, I know technically they missed the 40 carry mark, but they're at 39, but that's basically 40 carries for what? Three straight games in a row. Um, that's the formula for them. They have found the identity and please wrap up Elijah Mitchell in plastic wrap and bubble wrap. Like nothing can happen to that man. But when he's in there, man, the Niners move the ball and we saw it again today. Yeah, like I said, Elijah Mitchell has uh, kind of dumbfounded me to a certain extent. I mean, I, I was the idiot that just based on the fact that he was a sixth-round pick and was not healthy all of training camp and the 49ers saying you got to play and giving all those excuses that if you can't show up and show what you have, then you can't make the team, I was saying he should be cut <laughs> before the season. Jeez, yeah, you were? I, that's, yeah, I, I tweeted that out that – Based on the team's stance that you have to be able to practice to make this team, I don't see how a sixth-round pick can make it off of one week of practice. I think he only practiced like one or two weeks prior to the season. Like, who was I to know, apparently, that he he was this good? So you have it. All-time worst Niners take ever. You just heard it from Levin. He said they yeah. should cut Elijah Mitchell. Oh, look at this. Jose on the Niners Nation YouTube page. The old and fat show, but it's still the most real instant reaction. That ended kind of nice, but like, I don't know. That's like a 50-50 comment from Jose. Uh, we do hope you like the show, rate, review, subscribe to the Niners Nation YouTube page, to the Niners Nation Podcast Network, all of that stuff. Niners get the 34-26 to 26 win. I, I don't know what to do with my hands. They've won three in a row. Like, I never thought this was possible. There was a point this season that I said on one of the instant reaction shows that I didn't know if the 49ers were going to win another game the rest of the year. And yeah, they, that, that's the emotional rob there. They seemingly, <laughs> as I wrote this week for Niners Nation, 
they fixed all of their problems all at the same time. Now, yeah. this game, they didn't fix all of them, which is why this was a closer game than we've seen the last two weeks, but they just completely flipped <clears throat> it. And again, the reassuring thing today is they still had some problems and they still won. So I, I don't know if the first part of the season was just figuring crap out, but they seem to have figured it out. And I'm telling you right now in the NFC, who wants to play the 49ers? Nobody. I, I think they finally went back to the basics. Kyle stopped trying to be cute, stopped trying to work everything into it. I mean, the Niners are running outside pitches a lot more than they have before. Mm -hmm. And that's because that's what's effective. I think it took them a long time to adjust to that fact and give up on the inside runs, uh, except for just sprinkling them in to keep the defense honest. But he does a lot more pitches than he used to. He, go, he tries to get outside of the tackles rather than he used to try to get between the right guard and the and the tack or the, the guard and the tackle a lot. Yep. Now he tries to get outside the tackle because he's realized that that's what the team is most effective on. It took him that long to adjust, and I think a lot of things fell into line with that. I think the, the offense got simplified to a certain extent. I kind of hinted at that, uh, or didn't hint, I flat out said it on our <laughs> gold standard podcast this week that I think part of this, I don't know how big of a part my – gut feeling my opinion is it played a big part but i don't know for sure if it played a big part but i think getting rid of the trey lance package and this offense having to spend time trying to run a completely different offense every week you know that's a completely different style of offense different responsibilities all that i think simplifying it uh, and getting rid of that big change has allowed this team to get lock in a little bit more in the offensive line specifically it's been a lot better blocking in the run game and I think it's because they're not having their time split trying to learn two different blocking schemes. Andre Garibay watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page. I think this comment perfectly sums up why the 49ers are having the success that they're having. He says, run, run, run is what we need to do. Jimmy can get it done on third and shorts. When it's third and long, Jimmy folds. And for the most part, that is 100% accurate. That was the best part of what the running game was doing for the offense is it was allowing them to be in third and short where Jimmy didn't have to drop back, you know, seven step drops and try to find someone to make a big play. He could take a quick drop, use his quick release and hit somebody for a short pass, usually over the middle. And that's what allowed the offense to keep moving the chains. And he did convert a couple of third and longs today. I give him credit, but for the most part, he needs to be in third and short to win the game. That's the case for pretty much every quarterback in history. Like some quarterbacks are yeah, better at overcoming third and long, but no quarterback in history converts third and long consistently. That's, that is where a lot of your turnovers come. That's where a lot of the problems come from offenses is when it's third and long. Every single offense in the league has the goal of making it third and short. A really quick interjection. Paul watching on the Niners Nation Facebook page. I can't even attempt to say your last name because it starts with FJ. And I, I'm sorry. Is probably I'm, silent. I'm yeah, guessing. okay. Gelled Seth uh, says, hey, Levin, where can I get that Trey Lance banner that's in your background? It was on the NFL shop, the Niners shop. Well, there you go. Levin goes to the exotic places. Uh, you were talking oh, yeah. about the locker room and how the locker room has cohesion and they didn't break apart. George Kittle showed up to the post-game press conference in an Elijah Mitchell t-shirt. Uh, he's changed allegiances. That's true. It's, yeah, always, it's the, always the Jimmy shirt. Now it's the live shirt. Uh -oh, well, quarterback draft, controversy coming. Yeah, they drafted Trey Lance. So he's got to, you know, he could reuse the Elijah Mitchell shirt for a couple more years. Now I don't know. <laughs> Uh, apparently Kittle responded to what Zimmer said about the holding. Um, 
I can't see a quote though. This is a video, so I'm going to do something terrible and just listen to it really quick. See if I can put it up to the mic. Bam, there you go. If you're going to sit and complain about holding the whole time, Kittle said, I'll tell your guys to make better play. That's exactly the response he should have had. You know, I feel like he responded. He didn't like start a whole war. He just responded like, hey, be better. And what's Mike Zimmer going to say? My entire reaction to that was Jimmy must have walked out of the locker room halfway through that audio clip. That would be Is the... that why you heard the screaming <laughs> women in the background. <laughs> I'm just guessing there, but uh, no, like Kittle was right. Like he talked about how he was held a yeah. lot. He was, he was manhandled every time he tried to come away from the line because Minnesota does not have fast linebackers. They do not have a good matchup for Kittle coming up. Now Kittle, I said earlier, was held back to pass block a lot because they needed it. But when he did go out, he was almost always getting bear hugged by somebody. You know what? The good teams find a win, a way to win despite that stuff. And that's what the 49ers have been the last three weeks. They've been a damn, damn good team. It's been a delight to see. I really hope they keep it going. Um, but the way things have broken down now, the nice thing is the Niners are in a situation where one loss does not totally derail everything. Because of the way things broke today in the NFC, like we said, Niners are six and five. They're in the sixth seed. Seattle's going to give them, you know, that's going to be another close game. I don't think they're going to blow out Seattle because they never do. And if they if they were to lose next week against Seattle, I'm not going to say, oh, the season's over. They're out of the play. No, that's just not where they are. All, and... all that said, win in Seattle, dang it. Well, yeah. <laughs> All that okay. said, just win in Seattle, please. I want to address this real quick. This is not related to this game specifically. Jason Pitney Sr. watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page. I used to not like Michelle Majuk because of her Mac Jones take around draft time with the Niners. She real cool with me now. Love your podcast on Friday. All Michelle said was, if the pick isn't Justin Fields, she thought Mac Jones would be a better fit for the Niners than Trey Lance. She didn't say draft Mac Jones above everybody. She thought Justin Fields should be the pick, but I feel like any support to Mac Jones at the time and people put her on the crap list. She doesn't deserve to be there. So I just wanted to point that out. Just had to stick I, I'm just up for glad that we don't have a quarterback that goes by McCorkle. <laughs> well, he doesn't go by McCorkle. Like he doesn't <laughs> go around saying that. And by the way, he was decent today too. The Patriots are kicking ass kind of. So, you know, but let's not go down that road. Uh, Eddie Vega, what, oh, not Vega, sorry. Oh, yeah, I think it's Vega. Eddie Vega, again, on the Niners Nation Facebook page. The margin of error for the Niners got a bit bigger. They can play looser and more relaxed ball. Yes, but like... Just keep don't. playing the way you're playing. Right, exactly. Don't get loose. Keep the urgency up, man. Every single game. You got to bring it. Like, if you're not... I don't care how talented you are. If you come out there flat and you half-ass it, you're going to lose. I think there was an attitude change that came with the wins, too. And it was swagger. They became, I wouldn't say cocky again, but they've been highly aggressive, uh, demonstrative. You know, when they make a play, they have been basically expecting to make the play. Whereas before I talked about it defensively, especially, I felt like they kind of sat back and was like, well, let me see what the offense is doing and then I'll react to it. And lately they've been much more, I'm coming down, I'm coming at you and I'm going to hit you. And it's been like 
I, I have a ban on mentioning, you know, a certain season from a couple of years ago, but it has been similar to 49ers teams of the past recently. Oh, you banned mentioning 2019 season? Yes, I did. The so 2019 season. All right, shut up. <laughs> Jennifer Lee Chan just tweeted, Debo Samuel isn't too concerned about his groin injury, but we're going to get an MRI tomorrow. Again, I don't want to do that. Do not get your hopes up. When Trey yeah. Lance started a game, he played the whole game for the Cardinals. He said he felt good. And the next day we found out his knee was hurt and he was going to miss multiple games. The Niners have said many, many times that they don't think injuries are serious. Players have said it. Coaches have said it. The truth of the matter is, Nobody knows until they get the MRI. So don't don't get your hopes up one way or the other. We don't know anything. Just be patient on this one and wait. Yeah, just keep your fingers crossed because something's in the water there in San Francisco. Because you can't even <laughs> say it's the training staff because they literally overhauled the entire training staff a few years ago because of all the consistent injuries and the fact that injuries didn't heal like they were expected. They literally got rid of everybody and brought in a whole new staff that was highly respected and the issues have continued of injuries going longer than they should. So let's just see. I mean, don't forget if it was a, you know, if it was such a minor injury, he would have been in there at the end of the game. It's not like they kept him out because they were winning by 30 points. It was a close game. They needed to move the ball down the field and their best weapon, potential offensive player of the year was not on the field. So it was serious enough to keep him out. So let's just, let's just wait and see. We don't, you know, I don't want to get too far in any direction here. We'll find out more on Monday. That's going to do it for this edition of the Instant Reaction Podcast. Again, we remind you, please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We are on Twitter at NN Podcast. Please subscribe to the Niners Nation YouTube page as well. Levin, I thank you very much for joining us. Is there a final thought you want to leave people with here as the 49ers close week 12 with a win? Yeah, I got to go finish my apple pie that I only got one bite of. You were not like sneaking bites during the show? No, I'm a professional, Rob. No, Please. you're not a professional. I just never went to the solo layout like right now where you were off screen to give you time to actually take a bite. You would have come right back at me in the middle of a bite just to get back at a me. A thousand percent. Faster than you can blink. I would. If there was a Zoom feature, I would have zoomed right in on your mouth as you were eating the pie. Just so everybody knows your true colors. I that's yeah that's exactly the kind of host slash producer I am just so everybody knows I'm totally willing to admit it all right well everybody out there enjoy your pie maybe have a little you know a little adult beverage here to celebrate the win who knows what happens next week and beyond but again for the third straight week the 49ers have won and that is something worth celebrating thanks again for joining us everybody enjoy your Sunday and we'll talk to you next week <laughs>